All right, well, welcome back to another week of Rampage Roundup. Actually, I was thinking today about calling it something different because I'm still like not set on that title. I was thinking wrestling Rampage, Rampage wrestling. I don't know, like my dad used to say, but I digress. Um, this week, I decided to bring somebody on with me because I need somebody to banter with and graciously, the great Matt Tomasetti decided to join me this week because um, I need help and he's a noob. And I actually wanted to bring him on because he is a returning wrestling fan. So hi, Matt. Hi. Hey, Mayor. Hey, hello. I have absolutely no background (laughs) in wrestling radio or podcasting. And and, and look, I am honored to be here on your, your second episode of, if I'm not mistaken, you just called it wrestling rampage i don't know i it was just something i was throwing around in my head workshopping workshopping uh names for the podcast yes that that will come in time i'm sure once you get your legs and uh but i also asked for twitter listen i also asked for twitter to come at me with names and i haven't gotten any names so if you like wrestling the Rampage? name will come in time. Wrestling Rampage. I just <laughs> I just happened to earlier this afternoon, as I was on my treadmill here at, at, at home, uh, I watched the uh, the Dark Side of the Ring with Doctor D. David Schultz, who was a classic heel from back in the uh, the golden era of the WWF, who used to you know Southern guy had that whole draw called it wrestling loved it loved the fact that uh, there's a, uh, a classic tinge to wrestling wrestling rampage with it's mary such, it's such a terrible title I was it's just, terrible that is a terrible title you need to take that back to the workshop mary i was just thinking of my dad and my dad called it wrestling you know, so I was just trying to do the R thing. And I said last week, like, maybe I shouldn't do a double R thing. But maybe just, just be rampage. rampage. It could. It could. Yes, it could. So let's get back on track. You just, you, you, you mentioned me and how I am a but you just returning said you, fan. But you just said you didn't have any background in wrestling. You actually do have a background in wrestling because you I have a very a slim background in wrestling. Now, <laughs> you, as a child, I was a fan of the Hulk Hogan. And the King Kong Bundy, and the Andre the Giant, and the Junkyard Dog, and Bad News Brown. The golden era of uh, yesteryear uh, wrestling, WWF. As a Philly guy, um, that is my background as a, as, when I was a kid. And then obviously I uh, was brought back into the fold during the WCW-WWF war days of nwo and you know stone cold steve austin and the rock and what have you and goldberg so yeah it 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 took it took me so just to to clarify for your audience for your listening audience you brought me on and i am not the most well-versed in (laughs) the world of professional wrestling these days uh anymore uh that being said i have uh, been brought back in through our very own host, Mary Grader, who uh, reintroduced me to the wonders of, of, of pro wrestling, specifically, 
through AEW because yes. man, oh man, is this a fantastic effing league. It is great and it has recaptured my imagination. I adore, uh, I adore their product and I am uh, enjoying practically everything that they, uh, they televise uh, week after week. And that is including Friday's Rampage uh, broadcast. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. So let's just refine this. So why did you stop watching wrestling? Was it because WWE got like totally terrible as it is right now? And I know uh, it's, well, it's a simple reason because wrestling turned to shit and I fell off. Now, again, quick background. Um, at the same time, as the leagues were, were blossoming, Everything was great. WCW was doing fantastic. WWE is doing fantastic work. And ECW, as a Philly guy, because, again, I am from the greater Philadelphia area, South Jersey. ECW was, was a big effing deal back in that era. And I absolutely loved wrestling and then wrestling some there was the demarcation line where wrestling went from the attitude era to if i'm not mistaken ruthless aggression very good sir. WK. very the, good the merger good. The, the vince buys up all of the companies and all of a sudden um we have you know the the, the greatest crossover what you expect to be the greatest crossover in pro wrestling in this medium that you could possibly imagine. This is Marvel versus DC. This is, well, <laughs> WWE <laughs> versus WCW. All of it. And the expectations and the, the possibilities were profound. And then... And then they cropped the bed. <laughs> and, then they, and, then they, and then they pooped the bed. And yes. it didn't turn out to be too great. And, and then after that, you know, I was in my college years, my later college years, and it, it, it simply fell off. The medium fell off of my radar and I couldn't have cared less. So yes. Anything that the WWE was doing, so I fell off. Background is, is that I've been trying to get you to watch WWE and then I would, you know, curse under my breath while I was talking to you about it. And then AEW happened and it's been around for two years, you know, but um. When Punk came back, that is seen when you kind of jumped back on board. And that was when I jumped back on board um, in 2012 after a, a long period of not watching wrestling uh, due to personal reasons. And Chris Benoit, the whole thing kind of turned me off to wrestling for a while. Um, and then I found Punk and that was the only good thing that was going on because it was absolutely terrible in 2012. I don't know. It might be worse now, but it it was it was really bad then. And uh, punk was that, you know, bright shining late. So I was hyping up punk coming back and I've been doing that for as long as you've known me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess that was basically your entry back in. Yeah. So rightfully so look, I kind of feel like as far as AEW goes, there's going to be a specific line that is drawn in the sand. There have been people who have been following AEW since the beginning and then there are those like myself who picked up at that all-out pay-per-view and suddenly jumped on board and that was me 
Now I was, I was, you know, dabbling here and there as a non-wrestling fan, dabbling here and there and checking out AEW to see what this, this league was like, because it seemed to be as you, you and I used to talk uh, about what this league is and what its potential would be because it had such a significant backer. It's got money. It's got, you know, people who are actually devoted to the, to the craft, let's call it. And I wanted to believe. And when I tuned in, you know, Chris Jericho was there, um, you know, Brody Lee, whoever else, whoever else was on that <laughs> roster because I wasn't paying attention to it. Like, oh, was very... attention. Like, oh, Orange Cassidy was cool. This dude, like, he wrestles with his hands in his pockets. You, you've That's always been a, an Orange Cassidy fan. You always I have always up. been. I was like, that is a great gimmick. And then I, I don't have any back, you know, background in the WWE with the exception of, of catching a couple of viral clips from the, uh, the CM Punk days, which certainly felt like it was uh, you know, the, the CM Punk days of the WWE certainly felt like it was almost like peering back into the past when wrestling was really at its at, at its apex. But I couldn't have cared less for anything else. Don't care for John Cena. Don't care for, uh, uh, you know, RK, G, what's his name? Your guy, your guy. What's his name? <laughs> Here we go with the reason why I wanted Matt on not, this show for his not good. great descriptions of wrestlers. Wrestling. The guy yeah. with the oh. hair, man. RKO the guy with the hair. RKO guy. Randy Orton. Randy Orton. <laughs> and don't care. Do not care. Couldn't care less. And for CM Punk, who was on my radar and you know with, with through my friendship with you you being such an absolutely rock solid fan for cm punk never stood down has back the whole time mary <laughs> has been on has been she has been on that train since it left the station eight years ago and she would not get off until he came by until he came back Mary has been there and suddenly, you know, the rumblings of CM Punk is coming back and he's going to be, he's going to be wrestling again. We don't really know what, what, in what capacity, but we know that he's going to be coming back. Super cool. And so I sat down with you and I watched that pay-per-view, AEW All Out. The All Out pay-per-view was probably one of the best, if not the best pay-per-view event that I have seen in my life. I can't think of anything, you know, even, you know, like, look, going back, The Rock versus Austin or what have you, some classics, or, the, or Austin, Austin beating Vince over the head with a bedpan. Classics. But as far as pure distilled wrestling goes that pay-per-view was fantastic and i you know cm punk comes out and he's you know he's introduced excuse me that he was introduced he wasn't introduced on the uh, the pay-per-view no he was already there he was already there he was introduced uh at the chicago dynamite and then he wrestled for the first time 
at the pay-per-view at all out yes and we got yes. daniel bryan that night too so and you got like, daniel hey. bryan that night as well and and i'm sorry so, i'm sorry brian danielson i'm sorry hard habit to break hard habit brian to break. danielson <laughs> daniel brian <laughs> danielson uh, I, <laughs> there's probably plenty of people in the industry who um, make the same mistake. So that was uh, my re-entry into professional wrestling. AEW has brought me in and, and this- I am absolutely, I am, for lack of a better term, all in. Oh, Jesus. Yes, and this kid has been on more than me because there was a period of time over the last two months that I uh, wasn't really watching wrestling no. in AEW because yeah. I I was busy or I was just not in the mood. Busy and, or just not in the mood for wrestling. And, and I would get texts. <laughs> and I would get texts about, "Are you watching this right now?" I'd be like, "I, I I'm not watching I it." Can't, so I have no energy for wrestling. <laughs> I can't, you, there has never been a, <laughs> a greater bat, battered soul than Mary when it comes to wrestling. Yeah, on the other flip side of it, it would be the torturous, oh, you've got to watch WWE and um, me having aneurysms while that I watch is the program. exactly the point that I was trying to make. Yeah, so, and here we are. And now we're here and we're going to review um, tonight's Rampage. Um, So let's get into it. And I can't wait to hear um, your commentary about random things that will make me laugh. Let's start with the fact that this uh, (laughs) rampage was collectively better than the SummerSlam. No, excuse me. (laughs) Survivor Series? Let's start. We'll edit that. (laughs) It's okay. You don't have to edit that. SummerSlam, Survivor Series, they're all the same thing at this this point. random Friday night. (laughs) AEW Rampage was better than anything that I witnessed at Survivor Series. That's and how I'm being 100% serious. <laughs> That's this how bad it. it is right now, is that he watched Survivor Series just to see how bad it was, and he Man, normally doesn't look, watch I WWE. Probably, <laughs> I, I don't expect to be picking up any fans or people who agree with me. Sure, there's a lot of people who agree with that you. My God, WWE stinks on ice. That that pay-per-view, look, there were some good parts of that pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, I truly, I'm not a fan of a beardo guy with the hair. Who won who is, the who, who, is, who, who is beardo guy with beardo the hair? guy. Beardo dude with the slicky hair and the who won the Survivor Series match? What's his? Not the main event. The 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 actual Survivor Series elimination match. The sole survivor, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. (laughs) The fact that Seth Rollins got blasted by some lunatic (laughs) in the crowd in Brooklyn, and I truly do. That was actually on Monday. That wasn't Survivor Series. That was on Raw. It was on Raw. I think it was on Raw. I'm almost positive We're it was have on to Raw. Edit that as well. <laughs> this is going to be a this is going to be a dialogue. We're going to have to edit that. No, we're just rolling. It's okay. It's fine. We're talking wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. wrestling. <laughs> uh, I man, look, I haven't, I haven't. My eyeballs have not observed anything WWE in its entirety in quite some time, 
and it did not impress me. Uh, there was a pizza match at that Survivor Series. Pizza Hut endorsed you on Twitter because of that. Pizza Hut, I got it. I got a response <laughs> out of Pizza Hut because of a, a couple of choice tweets regarding that see, Survivor Series uh, segment. And you can uh, see all these tweets at Matt at Myth on Twitter. So at, please check Matt Matt of Myth. Yeah, on Matt Twitter. of Myth on Twitter. Uh, yes, um, but you got an endorsement. So I mean, the whole night wasn't a complete wash. Sure. No, but but let's 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 bring it back to AEW. We're, we're talking AEW. Okay. Well, we're, uh, but tonight, real quick, just absolutely. Go ahead. No, please. <laughs> real quick, just to wrap up some Survivor Series because yeah. it was very very funny. Um, the kicker of the night was everybody expecting The Rock to show up because they were plugging him the whole entire night, and then they just they closed the show. If like, I'm not mistaken, <laughs> now that the the image, the, one of the uh, the underlying plot points of Survivor Series revolved around Vince and his golden egg, which was tied in to the movie, the Netflix film starring The Rock and Wonder Woman and Deadpool, okay? <laughs> and all of this had been leading up to what was clearly going to be the grand reveal of The Rock's return when he comes out and, and takes his memories. rightful place as the head of the table guy, right? Yes. He's going to be the tribal leader. It's The Rock. We all know that's where that uh, plot line is headed. It didn't happen. Bad. Stinks on ice. Not a good pay-per-view. Bring me back to AEW, please. In okay. the, warm, the warm embrace of AEW wrestling. Of all right. Wrestling. All right. We could do that. All right. So first match. First, first match. match. Orange Cassidy. My friend and uh, versus Bobby Fish and Budge himself, Adam Budge, Cole. and Budge himself, Adam Cole and uh, Wheeler Utah. We 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 got to remember. Yeah, Wheeler, yeah. Wheeler, yeah, right, Wheeler Utah, <laughs> who absolutely does deserve his his propers because um, dude is very talented. So, what did you think of the match? Great, uh, a fantastic match. I am a big fan of Bobby Fish. I think uh, you know while he could certainly use some practice on the mic. The dude, he knows his in the ring. He's very good. Uh, ring of Honor, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Ring of Honor, but he just came from NXT where he was in Undisputed in a faction with Adam Cole. So that is the tie yeah, there. I did not know that. I had no <laughs> idea that, that was the tie. Yes. Uh, the, the, the sense that I got, because again, I did not watch NXT, don't watch any WWE products, was that he came in... Bobby Fish, very talented wrestler. And obviously, uh, Kenny Omega drops the, the title to take some off time, much deserved off time. I'm a huge Kenny Omega fan. Holy, <laughs> he's probably the best in business. Love Kenny Omega. And the fact that he's gone breaks my heart. But you got to make, uh, make some space for the other guys. And Bobby Fish feels like they brought in Bobby Fish. And he uh, has been kind of like, you know, batting average, you know? Bat average, I mean, yeah. No, I, I think... He's like 500. He's winning <laughs> some, he's losing some. 
I mean, there was more of a discrepancy of the fact that uh, Adam Cole and the rest of the elite left him in the ring last week during their uh, first match together. Um, I spoke about that on my episode last week, but the whole tie with the Bullet Club and the elite and all these guys that are coming and they're coming into AEW and that is the tie. They had a win tonight though. Um, Adam Cole is fire. Uh, the match was really great. Uh, Orange Cassidy had a whole bunch of moves that I was just like, how is he doing these things? He impresses me more and more every week that I don't like really know a lot about him. And then he'll just pull out something and I'm like, holy crap, this guy's really, really good. So I think it was a solid match. I want to see where the storyline goes. I don't really know what's going on with this right now, but it seems like this is going to be a few moving forward. Yeah, but- no, I, 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 I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, I, you know, I love... Uh, I love Orange Cassidy. I think he's a wildly talented dude. Again, you know, the bit ends in the pockets. You know, he's he's springing up onto his, uh, onto his feet from his back. His pants bother me. Well, look, they weren't, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, they used to be real jeans. Now they're That's not what real. I'm saying. Like, I don't know what these jeans are. They're like jeggings. Like, I don't know. Whatever, man. Look, you, gotta, you need flexibility. You need to be able to stretch out the wrestling ring. You get it. But that's his bit. I love the bit. Hasn't gotten old for me. Um, love Orange Cassidy. It seems like that they're they're tying Orange Cassidy to newer talent to introduce them into into the main roster at AEW from you know from AEW Dark, which is cool. I super like uh, Orange, and every match that he is in is is usually very entertaining. I uh, I think that uh, Bobby Fish and Adam Cole are a great combo as far as a tag team goes. They continue on that uh, that route. They should do it because, man, holy shit, they are both wildly talented guys. I think that there is a lot to, to achieve with these guys at the top of the roster that they are clearly leaning into. And I'm very excited for uh, the future of the super elite in this. In this capacity, because they were already a thing, like they were already a faction in NXT. So they were in the Undisputed. It was Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Adam Cole, and Roderick Strong. Adam Cole and 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 Bobby Fischer in AEW, we are now going to see if um, Kyle O'Reilly bails, which I wouldn't be surprised and, you know, reteams with, Bobby Fish and forms Red Dragon again, because that is the tag team they were in ROH. Very astute, Matt, that you knew that they were from ROH. And uh, we'll see. I mean, the big thing, your big conspiracy theory, since we like to talk a lot about conspiracy theories with me, is that um, is Kevin Owens coming? And is Kevin Steen coming? And if Kevin Owens does jump ship, like everybody is thinking he's going to, he's probably going to end up with the elite. I don't know if at First, I think he might come in as just some crazy heel like he did when he came in in NXT, but it kind of seems like that's where they're leaning. He has ties to them. So hopefully we see Kevin Owens in uh, AEW because, I mean, he's doing great for what he has in WWE, but we don't actually, we haven't actually seen the real Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen since he went to WWE. And I mean, it's the same thing that Daniel Bryan and, and, and CM Punk have kind of been doing. Like they weren't really pro wrestlers there. What do you, what do you like to call them? Sports entertainment. 
Yeah, it's sports entertainment. You're not allowed to call them wrestlers. Wrestling has been stricken from the <laughs> usable from the terminology. They are entertainers. We do not wrestle here in sports entertainment land. Yes, we, we don't. We, we do sports not. entertain. We this sports is entertainers. W, this is the WWE. By the way, you're not allowed to say WWE. <laughs> entertainers. So Kevin Owens, who absolutely, I mean, you can see it. You can envision it. The writing's on the wall. You can see the image. I don't want to call it the Titantron. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 big screens above the entrance at an AEW event you can absolutely see Kevin Owens coming out Kevin Steen however uh, he's going to be known he's going to be known as Kevin Steen he's that was known his... as Kevin Steen absolutely uh headed that is my not a conspiracy theory mayor that is simply me being a wrestling the, whisperer wrestling whisperer you yes. have you've heard it here probably three thousandth time in the wrestling world <laughs> because it's not anything it's nothing new not blowing anybody's uh blowing anybody's mind by proclaiming obvious heaven steam will wind up in AEW, but he's going to wind up in AEW. <laughs> Danny Zane, AEW bound. Oh, that's the other one that you have, Sam Absolutely. Zane. 100%. There are people, there are wrestlers in that league who make no sense being in the WWE or being underutilized, who would be phenomenal in AEW. Yeah, speaking of like pulling a thunder, Sami Zayn actually won a match tonight to make him like a number one contender for the title. And then they announced right after that Brock Lesnar suspension has been lifted. So taking the fire oh, weird. off of somebody when Brock Lesnar doesn't need any press, Brock Lesnar could show up, uh, shoot somebody in the middle of the WWE ring, and everybody would be going nuts about it the next day on Twitter. So concluding this match, the only other complaint that I have is we were, we were talking about this earlier, um, about how Bobby Fish has the worst entrance music All in right, AEW look, right now. <laughs> it's, it's not great. It's not, there are, um, look, there are, I'm sure, plenty of punk rock fans Really who even consider that punk rock? Who really dig <laughs> on Bobby Fish's intro music? I uh, I'm not there with you. That is a a track from the uh, the damn Valentines, and that's a terrible band the, name. Also. Right? Sure. <laughs> the, the the track name is Dance Away. I thought it was the Misfits. I also it said like a low rent. Uh, Misfits track. It is not. It is the damn Valentine's. Uh, right on. Look, he loves it clearly. I mean, does he? It works for, it works for Bobby <laughs> Fish. Doesn't work for Mary. It doesn't work for me. I, I said it sounds like some bad local band that I used to see in my 20s around here. And then you said, oh, like the Misfits, because the Misfits are from Lodi and they are. They're not considered a bad local band. They're legends, don't, don't, actually. Don't blow up my spot. I don't need. But, I don't uh, need people. I don't need Misfits fans. You, you don't need Glenn Danzig coming after your ass. I don't need <laughs> all five five of Glenn Danzig on my ass. I do not. No. Much uh, respect to the Misfits, just not our cup of tea. So, so, so there, there you go. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think a fantastic, a, a great match. 
with Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and um, Orange Cassidy, and the uh, the other guy. But moving on, we are going to the next match, which was Britt Baker versus Rio. And um, I made a comment about um, her having uh, Street Fighter music. I'm a very big music person. Sorry, guys, I, I go on tangents about that. And then I said that Britt Baker looked like she was fighting a child and you snapped at me and said, I like her, you leave her alone. She's an anime chick, I love her. And I was like, all right, I'm done, man. I don't know much about Rio. I like her, she's very, very talented. Just Britt Baker looked like a giant compared to her. So that well, was yeah, I mean, point. look, Britt Baker is, she is arguably one of the largest, not the largest, not large, just like that. Very in shape, very fit, very. She is. She's. She's. Uh, Britt Baker could absolutely uh, turn me into a pretzel without a doubt. Uh, Rio is a wildly talented, despite you know her, her you know her, her her costume, right? You know, ring wear, what have you? Um, <laughs> man, Rio is what uh, the the original AEW Women's Champion, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, she is. Okay. Rio is uh, uh, super great, and to see a matchup between the Queen, Britt Baker, DMD, and it's Rio, awesome, enjoyed it. Another match that I happen to enjoy. You might call me a fanboy, folks. He's a fanboy. He, it he, he was loves it. Uh, another good scrap, and I was actually hoping the outcome ended. Uh, the exactly the way I wanted it to I, upset upset some might call it an upset with the exception of this guy who was like you know I think Rio's gonna take this I actually thought I mean um, very fantastic performance all around from uh, both and uh, a very good end I like the fact that Britt Baker isn't put on this pedestal where she's simply unbeatable. She drops on the time. Maybe she caught maybe still, you know, a couple, she's got a couple of, you know, she's got a Was couple that a of digs. Huh? Was that a dig at a, at a, at a certain female champion in another federation? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Uh, Charlotte Flair dropped that title to uh, Irish lady who I unfortunately can't remember. The, the man, the man, the man, um, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch, thank you. Becky Lynch dropping that title at that, uh, at the uh, the survival. They, they didn't drop titles. We talked about this today. You thought it was he a dropped championship. The title and she just she lost. Leaving. No, 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 no. <laughs> she dropped that title. Let's be. I'm. St I still can't believe that wasn't a title match. But That's here what we are. Series is though. It's just That's champions what, versus champions. It's like Night of the, the Champions, but it's yes. another pay per view. And they just I, keep doing the same thing over so, and over. So Britt Baker, kind of. You know, I I have this fantasy match in my head where oh Britt Baker and Charlotte Flair come together in AEW and finally face off because that would be a very good match. A very good match. My God. That would be um, really, really good, actually. It really would. And uh, I hope that someday, somewhere down the road, that we will see that. Uh, that being said, it wasn't tonight. Instead, we got an awesome match with uh, Riho and Britt Baker. 
And uh, Brit, Brit lost. I thought it was a solid loss. I thought it was great. I like the angle that they are, uh, they're, they're moving toward with Riho. And all of it, you know, you, Mary, at this point, you know me, we, you know, we're, we're going to talk about this, I'm sure, at some point. But all of it is going to culminate into a, a face-to-face between Britt Baker and uh, Storm herself in the flesh. Oh, <laughs> all right, so real quick, real quick, side note, uh, Matt is obsessed with Jay Cargo. Um, that's her, that, that is his gal. Boy, oh boy. Um, he used to be obsessed with Asuka, but Asuka has been away for a while. He did actually like Asuka while not watching WWE. He, he loved her. But now we got Jade, and Jade is his gal. In um, AEW, let's, let's also, let me point out that, that in the Royal Rumble earlier this year, wrestling was I good. called, what did I say? say I, don't, I don't know what you called, actually. I don't remember. <laughs> well, I listen. Rumbles bleed into me. For what, what did did Oscar win the Rumble this year? I don't think Oscar won the Rumble this year. No, she totally didn't. And he's googling it right now. So while he does that, going back to the match, what do you think though? How long does Britt Baker actually hold on to this title? Not not talking about the TBS Championship that is coming up with your your gal in the finals and stuff like that. How long oh, do you think that Britt? holds the title i because i think she's going to be holding it for much longer than people think i agree uh look you know kenny omega held on to the uh aw title for over a year and brit has the she's got the chops she's got the skills and she's got the audience to maintain that title for the foreseeable future yes that being said there is a showdown a coming. Now, where you and I diverge, because we've talked about this privately, off of the podcast here, you and I have talked off the about books, this. Off the record. Off the record, we've talked about this, you and I, uh, about where the women's title is going, where we, how it's going to end up. Now, you, Mayor... Like the TBS... Okay, we're specifically talking about the TBS inaugural... Sure, but yeah, yeah, yes, yes. The TNT Championship is is heading TBS. TBS Championship because they're moving to TBS. They're not going to be on TNT anymore. Okay, sure. (laughs) Continue. TV contract. (laughs) This is you and I. We come apart where we think this is headed, and you feel. Ruby Soho is going to be the carrier of that belt, mm-hmm. which is one hundred percent. That, to me, is my heart. My heart believes that. I believe that Ruby will probably come away, and she will be wearing that title because Ruby is fantastic. Another great talent. Uh, certainly a major loss, in my opinion, a major loss for the WWE. Now, my brain tells me otherwise well my brain and my heart so i as much as i love ruby boy do i love jade i might be the only one who absolutely loves jade cargill i think there are a lot of people that are you just have like you you love her i love her she (laughs) is carved 
from a mountain. She, let's say, maybe not the most talented wrestler. She, I feel like she might green. be. Green. She's green. green. Sure, green. But, you know, look, she is, she's intensely strong. And I believe that if she really laid into most of that female roster, she could potentially hurt someone. So I feel like maybe she kind of like pulls or punches sometimes. Or is simply not there on the same level as, let's say, a Britt Baker or a Thunder Rosa or a Ruby, a Ruby Soho. Soho. Right. So, you know, do they uplift this person who, this wrestler who is, uh, you know, clearly, in my opinion, deserving to carry a championship. She's a star. She's a star. I just don't know she if she's ready yet. Star. I just don't know if she's ready yet. And well, that's if always. Not, if not now, then when? Okay, but that's always that's always the argument. You want to make new stars and putting a title on them, for the most part, it's a it's a double edged sword. If they're too green to carry it right away it comes off as a terrible run and they become a paper champ and they're an interim champ. Like they did that with Rhea Ripley in WWE. Rhea Ripley is a star. She is very, very good. Do I think they put the title on her too quickly? Absolutely. Like that was a terrible run for her. It was not good. But then you had something on the adverse that when Paige debuted, she took the title off of AJ Lee in her first match and won her debut match and it worked. But Paige was already very, very seasoned at that point. It's not that Rhea wasn't seasoned. It just, it was a cluster F and I'm, I'm, I'm censoring myself right now. So um, my boss, Matt, doesn't get mad at me, the other Matt. It was a cluster F because it just came off like too soon. She was coming out of NXT where she was super hot and she got to the main roster. And it was like, what does a creative have for you? And they had nothing because as you said, huge loss. Ruby Soho leaving WWE was a huge loss, but WWE has a bomb problem. And if you look different, it's very much harder for you to get to the top. And I think that Ruby's look uh, was against her. I think she's rad. She's somebody that I would hang out with on any day of the week. I have friends that look like her, but in you know the corporate machine that WWE is, not marketable, whatever. But so putting a title back on Jade this quickly, I don't know if it's going to benefit her because she might not be able to carry it as a champ where you have Ruby coming in who was very liked and well-known and is established wrestler and is super talented. And it would be her getting her due, you know what I mean? For being underutilized and all that stuff in uh, WWE. So I'm just looking at it from that perspective I absolutely agree with you. At one point, Jade is going to be a huge star. I just don't know if she's ready yet. My other pick is Thunder Rosa, who I think she is. Is it Thunder Rosa versus Jade in the next round? Yeah, so I don't know who's going to win. Thunder Rosa is really, really hot right now. She's everywhere. Um, super great, awesome character. Love her. Um, I just don't know if, she, if jade's going to beat her and if she does i just don't think that jade's going to be ruby in the finals because uh chris stratlander who's the other person who i also think is a great choice for it i just don't think that she has 
not that she's not popular. She's very popular. I just don't think she has that oomph that Ruby has right now. Do you see where I'm coming from right now? I don't think, I do not, and this is outside of your conspiracy theory corner. Okay. Uh, Mayor, but there is absolutely zero chance that Jade Cargo falls before the final. I think she goes all the way to the final. And my call is that she wins that title. They have to put a title around a, a Titan. That's what I believe that they need. And at some point, there will be a face-off between Jade and uh, Britt Baker. I think it's going to happen. You know, Jade being undefeated here in AEW. I mean, that's all, but so is Ruby. That's the thing. You have undefeated streaks going on right now. So, sure. Uh, sure. But we'll see. I think maybe uh, there's some shenanigans that kick Ruby out of the this tournament. Uh, but we'll see. We will certainly see. That is my my call. My call. This is my definitive call. This is my my stone cold lock of the week. This is your this is your tank. Your stone cold lock of the week. I like that, Matt. My that is very cold. very very good. That is Very that good. is my thank you. Uh, <laughs> certainly not original for anybody who is an Aqua Teen Hunger Force fan. This is my Stone Cold Lock of the Century for the week. Um, Jade Cargill is going all the way. I believe that she will hold that title toward the end of the TBS title reign. Okay, all right, and and that's a hot take. But my counterpoint to that is is that AEW is the alternative to WWE. So what more of a way to make it an alternative than putting a championship on somebody who looks like Ruby Soho? I mean, that's kind of like, this is where the outcasts are going or the people that aren't necessarily the look for mainstream, mainstream. I mean, they, they're still a very new company. Uh, I'm glad that they are having the success that they have, but they're two years old. So they are still the, the newer outcast, different mainstream thing going on right now but i say ruby soho so wrapping it up wrapping it up uh good match between the two of them upset win by rio we'll see where that goes going forward not an upset decisive fantastic excellent win by rio against the the champ the champ the the doctor the doctor fantastic very very good so the main event, I know there was something else I wanted to, there was something we were going on off of Wednesday and I, I will come to me, but going on, we'll move to the main event. So the main event was uh, Eddie Kingston versus Daniel Garcia. And <laughs> what did you say? It was the jobber match. All right. So look. <laughs> not Eddie Kingston. We don't want to get stabbed by Eddie Kingston. No, live absolutely not. To him. Because- he looks like um, a dude that I used to work with at my job. Um, <laughs> and every time I see him, I scream Vinny. Shout out to Vinny if he's listening to this right now. But I do not want to get stabbed by Eddie Kingston. I have much respect for Eddie Kingston. No, Eddie Kingston is awesome, to say the least. And just to, uh, just to roll it back a bit. So Red Death, right? Red Death, um, Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia. So without, again, without a lot of background in AEW. He was the know. first guy that went after Punk, I believe. He attacked Punk in I one think, of Matt Punk's first matches. I think, you're, I think you're right. I kind of, you know, they, these guys uh, don't, I don't hold them in very high regard. Seems like they maybe belong 
on dark. Perhaps some might uh, uh, disagree with me there. Uh, I like dark, by the way. I think it's a good. I think it's a good platform for younger talent to. Friday uh, night heat. <laughs> it's it's you know internet based. Catch it on YouTube. Good product. It's fun. Um, but don't hold them in very high regard. Uh, Eddie Kingston, on the other hand, Eddie Kingston. So let's, can, can I just talk about Eddie Kingston for a second? Absolutely. I want to hear your take on Eddie Kingston. I'm looking forward to this so much. Let's go. All right. So, so Eddie Kingston, right now, let, let's just start with, with where, uh, <laughs> where, where they, uh, what he's doing in AEW which is very much brawler street style. And the fact that poor Eddie Kingston just wants to have his slice of cake or pie or what have you backstage. And suddenly he's got, I absolutely love the fact that he is annoyed that he has to cut promos. I <laughs> love it. He is so damn good. My God, Eddie Kingston. So, okay. I, for some reason, I got the sense that Eddie Kingston, I feel like I've been watching Eddie Kingston for years. You get despite, that feeling from him too, despite yeah. Despite the fact, and by years, I mean decades. Eddie Kingston is two years younger than me, which is depressing. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like Eddie Kingston. I feel like I've been watching Eddie Kingston wrestle since the ECW days. The first time I saw Eddie Kingston, I'm like, this guy, this, this dude definitely wrestled in ACW. Sure of it. Absolutely sure. Of it. And then I was, uh, you know, thinking back to, there was this, 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 one, this one night where you and I were hanging out and Mary here she popped on a, uh, an old DVD from CM Punk matches, from CM Punk's early days. And in one of those matches, you know, it was taking place in like a parking lot. The and then Super Bowl the, match. And then, the, and right. And then the match <laughs> migrated into a strip club. And that was worse homicide, by the way, just to put that out there. Was right, worse no, homicide. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Is it like I mistook Eddie Kingston for he just he has it was homicide in that match in that particular match that you were right yes for some reason I tie in Eddie Kingston with this old this old school style of attitude era professional wrestling that I absolutely adore Eddie Kingston was never in ECW <laughs> maybe I've just uh, clearly conjured that in my head and Eddie Kingston never wrestled CM Punk in a strip club <laughs> but for some reason that's the image that I have in my head I love Eddie Kingston and I love his style I love the way he holds himself I love the swagger I love the whole I you know I'm from Yonkers he's he is the most New York professional wrestler that I can possibly think of. my my favorite comment that I've had or I've heard about Eddie Kingston is was my my friend Gaetano was over the house and we were watching AEW and I make my friends who don't watch wrestling watch wrestling all the time and they hate me for it but he's okay with this and he goes that looks like some dude that we went to high school with. 
He absolutely like, looks like, was like if you are from that guy. the greater New York area. Which I am from. Absolutely know someone who looks like and speaks like Eddie Kingston. And they simply do not give a flying F. That is, I love when, when anything having to do with Eddie Kingston, I have loved so far going forward. Obviously, you know, he's been propelled to uh, this, this next level, if you want to say, after the full gear match with, with CM Punk, which is Also, I think that another thing is, is that it has been kind of a staple on AEW that it's been Mox and Kingston in um, the main event matches. Somehow, like, Moxley is always in there, and, like, even though Mox is out right now, and I hope he gets better really, really soon, um, I'm glad that they didn't take that spotlight away from Kingston and they continue to have him in the main event matches. Because if this was WWE and that happened, like they were in a tag team and Dean Ambrose or John Moxley had an injury or he had to be taken off of, of TV, Eddie Kingston would have went right back down the line and he wouldn't be featured on anything anymore. Well, can, so- you, actually, can you actually take a moment? Take a moment. You, the listener, here mm-hmm. in podcast land. Think about it. Daydream. Kick back. And actually think about Eddie Kingston in WWE. It would never happen. It would never happen. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying this, though, is that if you took this, and he was, let's say, he would never be on, that that would never happen. Never. Never happen. But if he was in that light where he's been with Mox, and Mox got injured, and Mox is a star, you know what I mean? Not that Eddie Kingston is a star. Eddie Kingston is great. But I'm just saying, in that view, if that would have happened in WWE, Eddie Kingston would have went back to the line. He would have been off of TV, like, immediately. He would have been in catering, eating eating food with some other guy that they're not utilizing right now backstage. So I just appreciate the fact that they have kept him where he is. And then they put him right in a thing with CM Punk. Because I said when this whole thing started that Mox and, and Punk were going to meet up sooner than later. I was saying that to you. I felt that it when the whole promo thing happened, I think it happened. I was like, oh, this is kind of going towards Mox. And then unfortunately, John Moxley had to leave. And instead, they were like, oh, we're just going to throw him in with, with Punk. And that was when Punk started to show his shades of actually being CM Punk, not, you know, mayor kissing baby CM Punk that he is right now, which is what I'm calling him. I mean, and now we're on another level with MJF. And that was what I was thinking about the pillars. We were talking about Britt Baker. You were saying Britt Baker, you know, that's why I don't think they're going to take the title off of him because of the joke that was made that Britt Baker has kind of replaced uh, MJF as the four pillars of AEW, which was a brilliant line by CM Punk. But yeah, so I just appreciate the fact that they didn't take Eddie Kingston out of the light that he was in and He's killing it, man. Um, he's doing a really, really good job. And he's getting that fight in for every guy that is not ripped and shaped and just kicking ass and taking names. And that's yeah, how it should I, be sometimes. I, I, I completely agree with you. And, and you know, it's truly um, a talent like John Moxley. Please, you know, find your way, get better. I think everybody, anybody who is a fan of this sport, it's not sports entertainment, AEW, it's a sport. Anybody who would absolutely clamor to have John Moxley back doing what he does, 
looking forward to that. And let me tell you, you know, what has really uh, come to the foreground for me, as far as talent goes, is the combination, actually see a John Moxley, Eddie Kingston match. That would be amazing. Because I mean, it's going to happen eventually. I just don't know when it is. John Moxley, John, John, I, I love the angle with Mox was, was absolutely just dominating everybody in the ring. Of course, I, <laughs> um, there was a moment where I think I actually reached out to you where Mox, this was, I think a couple of weeks before the announcement of his entry into, um, uh, Rehab. alcohol rehabilitation. Uh, but a couple of weeks before that had happened, he had that match with uh, the Dark Orders 10 and bit the ever-living hell out of the, <laughs> his face, tore, tore his lucha mask. And, you know, that dude, 10, was bleeding like a stuck pig. And I'm like, actually, hey, Mayor, is this real? Like, did this actually- I told you, I didn't know. Is it something to, it's actually, like, I'm kind of- it was, the week, it was the week before, actually, because you were like, holy shit, I hope he wasn't on like I a rampage. I think this dude is actually really hurt. <laughs> I think Moxley just came out and just literally just bit this dude in the face. Something seemed very, something seemed very vicious um, and real, tangible about that uh, moment in the ring and then i guess yeah i guess the, the, i think the it week, was the week later the week later uh the announcement that moxley was entering in the rehab and you're like holy crap it's real <laughs> was like, wait a minute maybe was that real then maybe he was just absolutely blitzed because we were talking about the, we were talking about the progression of him about like yeah you know he makes his entrance he goes in he doesn't like do any show like blah 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 and you were saying like every week you're like he seems to be getting like more pissed off yeah, it's every it's, week it's, he was coming in and he was throwing more stuff and blah blah blah. And then the culmination was this match against Ted and he bit his face. You're like, no, whoa, did he bleed? Like, what's going on right now? Like, was that that didn't seem it really didn't seem? Like I didn't know, I didn't have an answer back. for you. I didn't have an answer for you. Um, I do think it's part of the bit I explained to you because you weren't very well versed in Dean Ambrose when he was with WWE. No, I and, have no, I have, I have zero and, background. And he was, you know, as Dean, Dean Ambrose, I have no background. You know, when, when Punk walked out in, in 2014, Dean became my go-to guy before AJ Styles showed up in WWE, who is another one who I would like to see show up in AEW. I don't know if that's going to happen. Probably not, but it would be really nice to see AJ Styles in AEW. AJ Styles will be in AEW. He's, he's talking about he retain, like he retirement. Yes, he does. Matter. He absolutely does. But anyway, I digress. My point is, is that Dean Ambrose was my dude. And if you went back to what he did, I just finished his book today. Great read, sell read, awesome. It gets you into his mindset. That guy is a trip. I would love to sit down and hang out with him um, at some point and just talk to him because he is on another level. But his history is hardcore matches and death matches. And he was in CZW and he did that whole bit with um, light bulbs and all that stuff. Having, uh, yeah, matches with Nick Gage and stuff like that. (laughs) So um, when that whole bit happened with the mask, I was like, oh, well, you know, this is kind of part of the course. I mean, it's not something that like 
John Moxley hasn't done before. But when you asked me in that moment, I really didn't know if it was real or not. And that and that's the good thing about AEW is that when things happen there, you're not like, ah, that's fake blood or ah, I don't know what it's going to, you know, because WWE hesitates away from so much of that stuff. I mean, listen, I I have a level of violence that I like in wrestling. I do not like death matches. When they had that match with Chris Jericho and Nick Gage, I did not watch it. I had it on in the background. I did not pay attention to it. I skipped that episode of Dark Side of the Ring. It is not, I don't like gratuitous violence like that, even horror, like too much blood is too much blood. Not my cup of tea. But, you know, then there's that level of ECW that I was okay with. But after ECW, it kind of took its life on its own and it got super ultra violent but in that moment i didn't know if that was real or not and you know and then he got called out and it was like oh crap was that real was he like having like a a rage i, I don't know i mean crazier things have happened right so Certainly. that's it with that you know yeah, i mean that that was uh you know the, the the moxley angle was a very interesting one up until the point where he has entered into his uh his rehab it was, it, it seemed like the, the, the aggression angle was, if, if that wasn't the, if that, if that wasn't the angle where he just simply came down from the crowd from the rafters with, you know, wild thing playing behind him and kicking the, uh, the, 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 the guardrail open <laughs> to get to the ring and then completely dominating whoever he was uh, wrestling and then just leaving in a huff. If that wasn't the intent, man, oh man. <laughs> that was an amazing sell, whatever yeah, the case. He's, and, he's uh, so good. I mean, he's, he's just. He's, he is, he is, uh, boy, holy Just hell. another example let's of keep how. In mind, let's keep in mind, Rusev, not Rusev. Oh, Miro. Miro, Miro. Miro. Uh, from Bulgaria, um, Miro took over the role of John Moxley in that tournament, mm-hmm. and obviously, Miro took the uh, the the fall to Brian Danielson in that entire angle. And I, you know, my, my conspiracy theory maybe was Dean was, Dean was going to win. Was that Dean? Not or Dean. John. John, John, sorry, we're, we're too many names right now. Too many. <laughs> we got Miro. John Moxley was going to win that <laughs> and potentially face off against uh, Hangman. Kenny Omega. Uh, see, too many names. Hangman Page. Oh my Hangman God. Page. That was. Uh, I, was- I. I actually do wonder if that was going to be the angle. I, you know. It wasn't Hangman Page. It was Omega. Well, now it's Hangman Man Page. At the time, it was Omega. See, I wasn't wrong. Omega was a champ at the time when the when the the qualifying for the number one contender okay, happened. Okay, so my point is, I think you're right. I don't think, and I said this to you when Brian Danielson came in. Brian Danielson doesn't need a title right now. Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson came in to just prove what he couldn't prove in WWE, and that is that he's the best wrestler on the planet. And Kenny Omega is also the best wrestler on the planet. So that whole feud between Brian and Omega, 
I don't think that there needed to be a title on Brian. And like, it's this old adage that like people have been like, oh, you know, like why isn't Punk in that tournament? Those two guys don't need a title right now. And it's the same complaint that you would make in WWE, bringing in a guy from the outside who's a huge wrestler and putting the title on him right away. And everybody gets annoyed about that because you don't build wrestlers that way. Those guys don't need those things. I think very much so with Moxley being pulled out, they changed the storyline. And that is why now you are seeing a Daniel Bryan heel uh, going up against Hangman. Everybody knew Hangman was going to win. Obviously, Omega's got injuries. He had to go out, but everybody knew this was a culmination of two years for that storyline page was going to win but i do think it was going to be a john moxley against him and as a john moxley heel maybe that was why he was getting more vicious towards the end he is the anti-hero but you know he was he was getting super super cagey towards the end before he had to leave so i think that would have been a thing also that moxley is a former world champion in AEW. Um, so I think with him being removed, they were like, all right, well, we're going to go with Daniel Bryan, even though Daniel Bryan doesn't really need a title. I don't know if Daniel Bryan is going to win the title. That would be really quick, but, and then turning him heel. And I mean, everybody knows that, that heel Daniel Bryan is the best Daniel Bryan. Um, I really didn't think we were going to see it this quick, but, um, now that they have that, I think they might soften off of a, a CM Punk heel turn anytime soon, but, we got MJF and he's going to be the face against MJF. He's got to be because MJF is a slimy little bastard. And um, MJF might be by far one of the greatest heels of all time. I'm, I'm not going to argue that. Possibly one of the greatest heels of all time. He's a young guy. Granted. Doesn't seem to get a lot of ring time. But my God. Um, if anybody is going to give CM Punk a run for, run for his money on the mic, it's going to be. He's like if Holy... CM Punk. He's like if CM Punk and Paul Heyman had a baby. Absolutely, that's Just... quite possibly the best way to. to because, to like, the thing is, is that like not, man. not going on it, but like he's a loud Jewish guy from New York, and that's what Paul Heyman is. And then you have when when Heyman was with Punk. It was weird. Everybody was like, CM Punk doesn't need Paul Heyman because obviously he doesn't need him to talk for him. But like, that's where Heyman, what he does right now with Reigns withholding the title, it just added that little thing. If CM Punk and Paul Heyman had a baby and God, I would never want to see that process. Yeah, it would be MJF. Gross. Why did you go there? You didn't need <laughs> I got uh, a visual. I needed you to see you, the visual. But you're, you're, I think, yeah, you're, you're spot on. Man, like that was... Uh, I realize that we're supposed to be, you're supposed to be reviewing. We did. We reviewed all the matches. We rampage. just said there were, there was a rampage match. Eddie Kingston um, got the win over Daniel Garcia. Cause da Daniel Garcia is um, at the bottom of the food chain right now. Jobber. Jobber. Maybe. Um, I mean, I don't know if he's a jobber. I, no, it's really not fair. You know, the, the point that I wanted fair to make, to say it's, jobber. it's really not fair to say because I, I, the point that I wanted to make was that initially since I'm a noob, back to professional wrestling and mm -hmm. i'm still fairly new to AEW. you're a jobber the, the sense i am that i am the jobber <laughs> yes i am i am the jobber i am the brooklyn actually no i can't even put myself at the brooklyn brawlers level because the brooklyn brawler was great he never got a due respect that he deserved but that being said i am a newbie here on mary's podcast on mary's wrestling rampage Mar Mary, 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 rampage 
<laughs> and for me to disrespect the Red Death like that was. Well, Daniel Garcia, here's the thing. Daniel I don't know. Did, did not deserve that, that, that treatment. I don't know a lot uh, about it was, great, it was a great match. I just wanted to just to wrap up because we're, we're all over the place. My apologies <laughs> to your audience. But my summation here is that it was a great brawler match between Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia. He was making great... some weird faces, though. I said that to you. I texted Daniel Garcia was making some weird Randy Orton tongue faces. I was like, what is I he doing I was right just now? about to say, sort of like Randy Orton, who makes a lot of weird faces. Dude makes a lot of weird faces. He does make a lot of weird faces. Faces. Again, I but. digress. I don't know enough about Daniel Garcia to call him a job. Or what I do know is, is no, that it, apparently, it apparently, was a very, it was a very good match. Apparently, the tag team they're in is called 2.0, and they were a tag team in NXT and got no screen time, and they've got more screen time in AEW Preserved. than they did in NXT, Preserved. and it's great. Um, but yeah, that was the main event. Eddie, Eddie Kingston won. There was he got attacked after Chris Jericho came in for the save, and let me tell you guys. A joy. Chris Jericho is a joy on commentary. That guy makes me crack up the whole entire time. And it also just compliments, I might have said this last week, compliments to the commentary team in general on AEW. It is refreshing to have a team that when they screw up, they make jokes and they roll with it instead of getting yelled at by some guy in their ear and having to scream, are you kidding me? Every five seconds, because that is what makes AEW enjoyable to watch too. It is it is terrible watching the WWE with the commentary and them being so under the gun. And these guys will mess up, like we were talking before about messing up about Daniel Bryan's name and calling him Brian, Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan. And JR and CM Punk have messed up and they've just kind of laughed it off. Those are things that make it fine. But Chris Jericho is gold and a joy on, on commentary, but he came out and he saved Eddie Kingston. And I don't know if that's going to be in lines going forward. Who knows? Because Eddie Kingston's backup is not around right now. Mox is out. So Eddie don't need nobody. Eddie don't need nobody. Eddie, he, he's from wants, New York. He wants, to, so. he, wants to, he wants to eat his pie in the back. <laughs> don't make him cut a promo. Just let the man eat. He just wants his dinner. Let him eat. <laughs> Poor Eddie. <laughs> so we did review the matches on the show, and we did a very yes. good job of it. We were just talking to AEW. But um, so let's start wrapping it up. Um, other conspiracy theories that I've talked to you about, which I brought up last week, and I said I didn't conspiracy bring all my- Conspiracy theory corner. Yes. Yes, we, we need it. We've been saying this since I've been doing this podcast. I need a bump sure. for what that. Do you, what, do you, what do you got there, Mary? Um, I, I said I didn't reveal my cards last week too much. We were talking about Bray Wyatt. Now, I know you do not give a flying F about Bray Wyatt in WWE. You didn't get the character. You didn't get the concept. But we have been talking about how we both think that he's going to show up as the new leader of the Dark Order because yes. of his ties to Brody yes. Lee. Yes. Now, I said I didn't. This is this is my theory. My theory is, and I was talking with... Um, a bartender in New York City that you know, this guy Steve, who watches uh, wrestling, sure. and he and I'm giving him credit because Steve. it wasn't in my head. Steve, he wasn't it wasn't in my head until he brought it up. He goes, I think that he should show up in AEW as the Firefly Funhouse Barry Wyatt, which was the nice jovial guy who was really cool. Because the Dark Order right now is a face faction. There are a bunch of goofy characters that I mean, maybe I wasn't watching at the time under the pretense of a kind of evil thing. 
but they ended up being jovial. They got Anna, Anna Jay, all this stuff, shows up, integrates his way in there. And while he's in there, he starts to show shades of, because I'm rambling a little bit. I'm sorry, guys. There are three phases of Bray Wyatt. You got Bray Wyatt, Firefly, Funhouse Bray Wyatt, which is, you know, the jovial guy. You have Bray Wyatt, the cult leader from the original days when he debuted with the Wyatt family. And then you have The Fiend, who is the horror character. So while he's in, in the faction, he starts to brainwash these guys over to him. And he starts kicking out members and stuff like that. And then final full heel turn turns to The Fiend and the Dark Order goes full heel with very fewer members. And he's just an evil SOB who is running this thing. What do you think about my take? Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. hundred <laughs> percent. I'm, in, I'm, okay. I'm taking my chips. I'm putting them on top of your chips and I'm pushing them in all in. Sure. So, I absolutely, I don't know. But didn't I, you say that you thought he was going to show up as the leader of that faction? Absolutely. So what's yes. your take? How's it going to happen then? I Well, I mean, my, my take, let's, let's, <laughs> let's roll back the tape a bit. Because I was under the impression that Bray Wyatt was going to show up at full gear. So was I. He was going to show up at full gear. And I think a number of other people probably had that prediction as well. I am not, I I don't keep abreast of the contractual obligations of professional wrestlers. Well, he was released Halloween weekend. We talked about this. So it was was fine. What better what better way to keep up the fire of AEW's pay-per-views by bringing in new talent? And they brought in Chandler. Somebody like Bray Wyatt, who is, uh, you know, tied to Brody Lee, the late great Brody Lee, uh, who I followed very briefly in um, his later stage of AEW, died far, far, far too uh, uh, early in his life guy amazing talent but what better way to honor you know his i guess uh, contribution to professional wrestling than to bring in one of his closest allies talent that i guess was immediately connected to him in wwe than to bring in uh, bray wyatt and then to make him the de facto leader quote unquote, of the Dark Order faction. How do you do that? I have no idea because I'm, un- I'm truly unfamiliar with the guy. But you got, you, I think, kind of nailed there, Mayor. The, the Dark Order is a face. They are a face organization. Their videos on YouTube are fantastic. Between them and, and being the elite on YouTube, they're a joy to watch. So at some point, you know, there has to be a change. And what is that change going to be? I think that inevitably is going to be the introduction of Bray Wyatt into AEW. When, when is that going to happen? Just couldn't tell you. Who knows at this point? Could show yeah. up next Wednesday. I mean, I, I, there's also the, the possibility he goes to TNA or Impact. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. I think he's too big of a name, but it also goes back to- Too the big of a that- name- too big of a name will wind up in AEW along yeah. with Sami Zayn and along with Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens. and any, anybody else, anybody else who's jumping ship. Oh, Charlotte Flair. Me, you said Charlotte Flair, Charlotte right? Flair. Well, I didn't think Charlotte Flair was going to wind up in, uh, in AEW. 
until you convinced me that Charlotte Flair was going to leave WWE. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. It's probably going to happen, but look, Kevin Owens is going to be the first one. He will be known as Kevin Steen, and I'll probably face off against uh, Brian Danielson at some point, and it'll be amazing. And my God, the future is bright. It's the future of AEW. When uh, my th- my big picks, my three picks here for the migration from WWE to <laughs> AEW take place. Yeah, I, I I truly wouldn't have said Charlotte Flair, but I think you're right. I think you're right. I think uh, it's going to happen. I didn't say anything about Charlotte Flair. No, I just said her no, boyfriend was there, and I said her father is probably going to end up over there. But like, who knows? They're not going to get rid of Charlotte Flair. Isn't going anywhere. She's a, she's a very big name. I'm sure they're. She, uh, I'm sure they, Vince okay. is cutting very large. Yeah, she's getting paid a lot of money, and like Absolutely. she's basically the face of the women's division. Now, if Ronda Rousey shows back up, that's another story, but I don't think that's going to happen. Chick just popped out a baby, and yeah. But who knows? I just had to get my conspiracy theory in for the week because that's what I do, because I can't, as I said last week, do anything about punk anymore because punk is here. I get, I can fantasy book It punk. wasn't a theory, Mayor. It wasn't you a theory. Call, you called your segment Conspiracy Theory Corner. The Conspiracy Theory Corner. And your one conspiracy came true so it's not a conspiracy anymore it was truth actually matt matt is the one witness matt is the one witness who who actually i called it to a t and i i called everything right with his debut when he showed up all that stuff so absolutely 100 uh mayor you get all the credit uh truly you have been riding the cm punk train for a very very long time and it came true. And for that reason, you hold a whole tremendous amount of cachet. Mm, you know, some would here argue otherwise. Of, here in the world of professional wrestling, and specifically in AEW, because this is the future. This, yep. this, this AEW is the future of professional wrestling. I said it here, here on your podcast. Me, a nobody who has wrestling no idea whisper. about anything. As, right? The, <laughs> <laughs> the wrestling whisperer it is the future it is the future of wrestling and i will say that this podcast is the future of wrestling podcasts wrestling broadcast and i could take shots i could take shots at you know the big guys out there good you could do it please but- don't do <laughs> point being is that uh mayor uh you know there is no better place for someone with your knowledge and your talent to land than here on this uh this podcast network the and wwe podcast artificial. on the w exactly and wwe podcast available here on itunes and wherever you choose to download your favorite podcast uh, I truly believe that uh, you will begin to flourish and grow along with this fledgling league that is catching fire right now and is actually making this medium uh, exciting and fun again for someone like me who really didn't give a to ever come back.
Okay. And like, look, I don't even, he's my promo man too. So on that note, I guess we can wrap up the show. Thank you so much for joining me. It was fun. I, I like when you say bearded man, dude, and wrestling guy number one. That's always appreciated for me trying to figure out. And you didn't say anything annoying about WWE today to make me uh, really crazy and lose my mind. I got another, you got another 45 minutes. We can do this. <laughs> Just We can no. do this. <laughs> we have plenty of hot takes. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, as long as I'm not being forced to watch Vince talk about a golden egg and all that wonderful stuff that, that Mr. McMahon does over there. I'm a happy camper, but yes. So on that note, we will be here next week. Maybe I will drag Matt back on. Maybe I will get somebody else. I was thinking about hitting up my old partner for my old wrestling show. Ooh, who's that? Actually, he's called Keep It Five Star on uh, Twitter, Mr. Kyle Lewis. I was going to reach out to him today, but it seemed like way too much last minute. So um, I might try to get him on next week. We'll see if he's available. He's a busy man. He's a comedian, but you're great because you listen to my rants and I just feed off of yours. So um, this was, this was a good show. You know, your stuff, you know, your stuff, mayor. And uh, thank you for having me. And thank you for anyone who's really lasted this long in this podcast. (laughs) Hell yes. And I'm sorry. (laughs) I am not nearly as knowledgeable as anyone out there in the listening audience. Um, I simply have been enjoying the hell out of um, out of AEW uh, since I started watching in earnest uh, only a couple of months ago. The, it, it is so damn fun, and I'm so glad it, it exists. And uh, um, I look forward to every Wednesday and every Friday, and yes, every you know Monday, Tuesday when when Dark is on. It's 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 great. Mayor, I love your podcast. I, uh, I truly wish you the best going forward. You are not, you can, really can't ask for better commentary or predictions or what have you than right here on the WWE Podcast Network. Yes. And with that, so Matt, I'm going to plug your Twitter because you're funny. You have funny takes. Follow him at Matt of Myth on Twitter. And I am at Mare, M-A-R-E underscore Bear, B-A-R-E. And you can follow the wrestling podcast, the WWE podcast at wrestling underscore audio. And that's where you can find everybody um, from Ashley to Mimi to Anthony to, oh, geez, there's so many guys on our station and the great Matt uh, Purcell, who uh, hosts all of us on his wonderful platform. And yeah, that's it for this week. So take care. See you guys next week. We will be back with a new episode. Wait.